0: so I'm really good. Yeah, so, uh, oh, hooray. A lot, of, a lot of good things, you know. Uh, Kim and I are goal setters, so we set goals, and you know, when when the kids were smaller, <laughs> they don't always appreciate what they do not. We, we'd get them in a room. We'd give them a pad of paper and a pen, and <laughs> Sean, your family will appreciate this, <laughs> and this kids are like, Daddy, don't listen to anything. He's like, and we'd tell them, go off and, and ask God, what do you want to see done this year? And they would go off and they would write things down and we'd have them put it in an envelope. And then uh, you know, we'd pull that envelope out at the end of the year and say, you know, what did you, did you see any of these things accomplished? Did you keep them? But, you know, I found this out, that what we keep before ourselves, we see more happen. How many believe that? you keep it before yourself if you put it in front and you're like okay i'm i'm shooting for something because i will tell you this now i'm not telling you to make resolutions but i will tell you this if you aim at nothing you will hit it but if you say you know what i there's something else i could do i mean i don't know anybody including myself that has reached the pinnacle they are the top the best outside of jesus there's always room for improvement always things that you can do things that you'd like to see change sometimes we just live with dysfunction because we just think that's just the way it should be or that's the way it's always been so but i think god's got a bigger plan than that don't you let me let me read something real quick to you um now this was not given to me but it lines up with what the lord has given me this is, was someone else that the lord had given them this word and i'll uh, get under the light here play trombone I'll see if i can read it we wish you a merry Christmas note, wrong note, no, that's not, no. This one says, "I has not seen, nor ear has heard, uh, nor has it entered into the, the head of man, I can't read all of the writing, but it's 1 Corinthians, I has not seen, ear has heard, God's going to do more, okay, basically, that's the essence, now this is typed, so I can read this, uh, this is the word of the Lord, surely I'm going to do a new thing for this church. This year is a year of power and might. I'm going to pour out my power and might as never before in this church. Not just for pastors, but for all that come to receive. Have you forgotten the visions and the dreams I have given you? Surely I have not forgotten. I desire that you seek me so that I may pour out my gift and power. Knock and it will be open. Seek and you will find. I'm telling you that you must stir up the gifts that are in you and pray in the spirit. And I will send them. I will send down the power. Let me just say, as, as humans, uh, and even me, as I preach, I'm human just like you. I don't always say everything right. Do you understand that God doesn't have to send anything down? If you're filled with the Spirit, it's already there. So that's literally, he's not saying send down. What he's saying is basically we've got, we have power because Je- if Jesus is in you, that power that raised him from the dead is in you. All right. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, some of you are scared to ask. I say don't be scared. Ask and I will give it to you. My children, I love you and desire that you be equipped so you can only, that you will reap only what you have sowed. It's going to require more than you have given before. I think that's, that's huge because so many times we want to blame God for crop failure. And we didn't sow anything. We were like, God, I need this to grow. But we didn't do anything to make it grow. We didn't do any, We didn't invest anything. And I, I, I want to challenge you today. What's amazing is because this person I love dearly, I've known them for years, that just gave me that this morning. And uh, the title of this message that I'm going to tell you today is Seeking God. Now, he didn't know the title of my message today. He didn't know what I'm going to talk about. But I want to share... That I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through another year like we just had. Do you? I don't want to go through the year before that. If we keep going, it doesn't get any better. You know, I mean, I've got got a year that I'm like, I don't ever want to relive that year again. But I believe, you know, and here's what we need to understand. And you need to listen to me with your spiritual ears. You need to hear me past what you're hearing me. I don't know that the world's going to get any better. I can almost guarantee you because the closer we get, Jesus is getting closer. So that would tell me the world's going to get worse. If that is true, and the word is true and we know that it is, then we have to get better in us. So another, I can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that's in me. So I can't change everything in the world, but what I can work on is me. And so when God and Christ are greater in me, then then wonderful things happen. Blessings happen and things happen and people can be looking that are outside of that and say, why is that not happening to me? Isn't you know why miracles are done in the Bible? I don't want to live. Everybody loves miracles. you know, if you have to have a miracle every day, then you're living from crisis to crisis. Think about it. Oh, God, I have a miracle. Dear God, you got to hear a miracle. You know, when I grew up, the only miracle I knew about was Miracle Whip. And it was just an imitation mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't want want to, I want to walk in his blessing. You know how we walk in his blessing? Staying full of him. No matter what's going on in the outside world, seeking him first. I'm, I'm just going to say, because I'm like, oh, Lord. Sure. But I know this. He wants me that Sean, I want to tell you something. This is what he wants me to tell you. And I had to ask him like three times. Are you sure you want me to tell him this? It's not bad. Okay. Everybody, all your kids go. <sighs> he said, you've been you've been looking for answers. You, I've already told you. You already have your answer. You can stop looking. Now, nah, whatever that means i just need to tell you that okay all right love you buddy okay i don't want to be status quo did you know god is bigger than covid and just monitoring what's covid doing now here's a new variant here's a new spike here's a new hmm, i want to be like charlie brown's teacher blah 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 i get it The enemy is about like a lion. He is seeking whom he may devour. But my God, my God is bigger than that. You know that God has an assignment for your life. You know that there are things that God desires to put in your life, to release in your life. And do you know that that doesn't happen unless we line up with what he wants? Are you getting that? You have to line up with what the word is telling you. It doesn't just happen. You can't just live any way you want or do anything you want and expect the blessing to come. God is looking for people that are seeking him first. Now, he loves everybody. Don't get me wrong. Matthew 6, 16, 18. Pastor, this is about fasting. Yep. Yep. Let me tell you, I'm calling a church fast. You have a, you don't have to do anything. So first it sounds like I'm commandant clink. That's not what I'm trying to come across that. <laughs> you have a week, no soup for you, two weeks. <laughs> you have a week to kind of sort this out and pray about it and see what the Lord wants you to do. We're going to have seven days of fasting, seven days of seeking God first, seven days of power. And it's going to start a week from tomorrow. The 16th. So I want you to think about it. That's why the Lord's given me this message for now. And we're going to talk about fasting here in just a second so that if you have questions, those that are watching online, I'm going to explain those to the best of my ability and you should have clarity on, like, okay, I get it. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable. And, and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, it's only the reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. One version says, will reward you openly. So what you do in private, God will make known, and he'll be like, That's my kid. Have you ever wanted, if your child has done something, to stand up and go, That's right, that's my kid! That's what God, he loves doing that. Psalm 42, 1 and 3 says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. O oh God, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? So what is fasting? What is the biblical term for fasting? Now, we, we have put all kinds of variations on it, and I get it, and I understand, and I'm not saying none of those are true, but for these seven days, we're going to deal with food. Okay, yeah. Let's determine what it's not, so that'll help us say what it is. You know, if you look out and say, that is not a zebra, then you'll know that's not a zebra. So let's look at what fasting is not. It is not just going without food for a period of time. I mean, that's part of it, but that's not what it is because that's just called starving diet. Fasting is not limited to just the pastors or whoever you want to think the Pope, or I don't know if the Pope would fast or not. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) it is for every believer. This is a definition of a biblical fast, refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, before you tune me out, I'm not asking anybody in here to not eat for seven days. Now, if that's what the Lord's telling you, don't eat for seven days, (laughs) Starting a week from tomorrow, but he may not be telling you that. It's always been a normal part of a, of a should be of a relationship with God. When you eliminate food from your diet a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of the world, and amazingly, it starts being sensitive to the things of God. Let me help explain this just a little bit. Have you ever had someone that uh, you know? If you talk to somebody that has lost their sight, their other senses are enhanced. You won't hear what they hear. They will hear things that you're like, I didn't even hear that. But because they can't see, it is enhanced that. This is what happens. I, I feel like I'm coming in and out in this. So hopefully, uh, I think I'm all plugged in. But um, this is what happens when you fast from food because your your stomach loves food. We all know we love food. Every other commercial on TV is usually about food. <laughs> My favorite food, pizza. That's why I love Sean so much. <laughs> he manages two Donato's. We haven't talked in a while, Sean. Get with me after service. <laughs> but, you know, so it is refraining. And so our, our flesh, or what we want, is going to want food. And that's not wrong. God created you to be sustained by food. But there's a bigger purpose if we would take away some of that food for a short period of time and then start saying okay god i need to hear you you have to get past the stomach get your mind and your heart in tune with god are you trying to talk to me now different people have different metabolisms different people have different if you're sitting there and you have a physical condition and or you're on doctor's orders and you're on medication and you can't or you're diabetic I get it. I'm not telling you to do anything without a doctor's supervision, so let me have that right out loud there. So if Pastor Brett told me I can't take any of my medication, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I need you to use wisdom. But deep calls unto deep. That's what David said. So for me to really hear God, I need to unclutter some things that are I'm so used to. The most important reason to fast is not for the benefits, although those are there and those are great, And we're going to talk about those in just a second. But to hear God, God, I need to hear you. There's times that Kim and I have fasted where, you know, I didn't know what he was going to say. It was during some of those times he spoke to me directly and said, I need you to do this. Would I have heard him before? I don't know. But I heard him very plainly and clearly then. And there's blessings and rewards for being obedient. Did you know obedience always, there's blessings for being obedient? ecclesiastes 4 12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken jesus said in matthew 6 he taught us that the pattern for each of us is to live by praying giving and here's the third part of the cord fasting fasting is not fun now that doesn't mean like oh dear lord does that mean every other week i gotta fast it might just mean uh, you know, I'm going to, if the Lord tells you to fast a meal and you sat down, then you just fast the meal. They do make to-go boxes, so you'll be all right. I have sat down. My wife is a great cook. She inherited those genes from her mother. When we get to heaven, I would not be surprised if Jesus doesn't say, Charlotte, did you get that other table ready? I mean, it was just, I would go to her house. I'd be like, this is awesome. So Kim made me one of my favorite meals. Now, you already know pizza is my favorite, but I am a... Steak and potatoes kind of guy. Yes. I love that too. She made me homemade mashed potatoes. I told you this not long ago. And homemade chicken and noodles. Love that. Carb heaven, I know. She put that in front of me. Steam is arising as a sweet aroma. You know, it's awesome. And the Lord spoke to me real quick and said, don't eat it. Get thee behind me. That's got to be the enemy. But, no, God was saying, and so I had to push the plate away and, and not eat that. And she just put cellophane over it when it cooled down and, you know, glad wrap or whatever that stuff's called, stuck it in the fridge, and I ate it the next day. What I'm saying is there's always obedience and blessing. Those two always go side by side. It's just amazing what God does. Fasting should be given the attention that we give praying and giving. Some of us, you know, are like, well... I like the praying part kind of. I'm not real crazy about the giving. But, you know, they used to say this. Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not really Lord at all. Think about that. Every money, all the money I make, it's, I'm just the steward over it. If he tells me, give this amount, and it's like, and he's done that before, and we've like, ah, but we've done that, he's always blessed us over and above what we gave every time. He says in Matthew 7, 20, nothing would be impossible. Now, if you look up the word nothing, guess what that means? Nothing. Nada. Zippo. If I'm serving God first, if I'm seeking him first, and he tells me to pray, he tells me to give, or he tells me to fast, I cannot be beaten if I'm obedient. It won't be impossible. So could I have missed Some of my greatest breakthroughs just because I didn't want to do what he said. We could read counts in the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Remember Mark where it talks about 30, 60, and 100-fold blessing. What if praying could be 30, giving 60, and fasting get 100? I want that release. If it's just me going without a Big Mac, I can do that. Let the Lord lead you. Don't let your stomach rule you. Don't let man rule you. I don't, don't let man tell you what to do and what not to do when it comes to following the Lord in a fast. Lord tell you. How many have found out that if anything's worthwhile, it usually takes a little bit of effort? You know, you teach your kids. You know, have people ask, you know, how, how did you do? I mean, Kim and I can look back and see, how did we start this? You know, I can remember how I started it. But I look around and see that everything in here is paid for. I, I'm I'm marvelled at what God did. I remember us believing God and sowing seed and paying for that Korg. That was like a at the time like forty three hundred dollar keyboard, and I got a great deal on it. I can't even remember what I paid for it. I don't even know where I got the money. It had to have been God. I remember getting all of the you know the I remember this the new drums and the cage. I think I paid eleven hundred dollars for it. It came through another church and they're like we're selling this and we're just like okay we're going to believe god we sowed a seed as a church we got it and god did that the original instruments we bought those i had the uh, organization that we were with before said what you're trying to do is impossible i'm here to tell you this morning jesus said if we believe nothing is impossible and i just looked right at him and said that's what we're doing and they just looked at me and laughed Do you realize that Kim and I have walked into banks and we said we wanted to buy a home and they laughed at us? Literally, the banker sat across the table and just laughed at us and we walked out of there, felt like so ashamed and all that. But if you look today, look what God has done. He's just an amazing God. You remember the the story in the Bible, the man who had a son who was demon-possessed? The disciples couldn't cast him out. Now, I want you to think about that. Jesus had already given the 12 power to cast out the enemy and cast out demons, heal the sick. So what made the difference? Why couldn't they do it? 17, 20 through 21 in the New King James. I don't know why the New Living left this out. They left this last part out. New King James keeps it in. So, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, somebody turn to your neighbor and say unbelief. Do you know he couldn't do miracles in his own town because of their what? Unbelief. This is a big deal. I don't believe you can do it. Well, that's why it doesn't happen for you. You have to believe that what God says is true, period. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If God said it, it's done. Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, there's a mustard seed, smallest seed around, so that's really tiny. And, uh, and you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. The demon came out by prayer and fasting. So it wasn't impossible for Jesus to get rid of it. And he said, you can do everything I can do, and even greater things. So we have to start looking at, is there a key, if we are Christian or spiritual scientists, as Pastor Gary would say, is there a key that I'm missing? What if there's something sometimes, now sometimes, like Pastor Kemp, she'll say, you know what, do you need, you, know, you need to fast? And I'll ask God. If he wants me to fast, I'll fast. If he doesn't, I'll just look at her and say, I don't, I don't feel I need to. But if he tells me to fast or he used her to tell me to fast, I'll get a confirmation. Come on, the Bible says to be led by peace. And, and Kim and I are one, so we work together. If she has a headache, I take an aspirin. That's kind of how that works. <laughs> but you got to figure that stuff out. you got to listen to God because I have to listen to him more than I have to listen to her and I don't mean that rude and I don't mean that the way that came out so (laughs) please (laughs) but she knows what I mean but that demon came out by prayer and fasting and Jesus could do it do you see it if he can do it you can do it if Jesus let me ask you this If Jesus couldn't accomplish everything he needed to do while he was God on foot and he had to fast, what makes us think we don't have to fast? This is God on foot, wrapped in skin, and he had to fast. I'm going to give you five benefits of fasting quickly. And again, first one, the reason we're going to fast because I need to hear from him. So... First one, what you do in private, God rewards you openly. That's in Matthew 6. Fasting can reveal God's will for your life. What do you mean? Who are you going to marry? What house to buy? Should I take this job? Now think about what I just said about Romans. I need to be led by peace. Peace of what? Not peace of pizza, not peace of stomach, but peace of God. Not P-I-E-C-E, but P-E-A-C-E. I was homeschooled. What, you know, what do I need to do? God, what's your will for my life? The list could go on. Here's number three. Fasting targets your children for blessing. You know your children as a, as a father, they're under my authority. So as I seek God, my house gets blessed. That's why the firstborn, they always wanted the father's blessing. Why? Because Abraham or whoever was seeking God, the blessing was on that. They wanted that blessing. So fasting will help target your children for blessing. It brings health and healing to your body. You know what it does? It helps your body say, "Woohoo! my blood vessels are clear. I'll let that one go. Okay. It also brings financial blessing and prosperity to you and your situations. It helps you just get clarity on, you know what? It helps release your hands from if you're being stingy or you're just like, I'm not giving that. Fasting would be like, you need to give it. There's times that God has spoke to me and not spoke to her and then spoke to both of us. We got on the same page. There's times he spoke to her and not to me. Or he spoke to both of us and, and, and I'm the stubborn one. Brett, I need you to give this. <laughs> that can't be you. I'm not giving that. God, I have, we have things that we are planning on. I need to give it. T- let me give you a case in point here. I'm sitting in a service. I'm the pastor of this church. I don't remember if I was preaching that day or if I had a guest speaker. I don't remember, but I know th- the Lord told me, he said, you, look over there. You see that kid? His n- kid's name was Brian. I said, yeah. He said, I want, you, I want you to give him your truck. I said, you're not talking to me. Who are you talking to? You ain't talking to me. I had a, a uh, Ford. What are those called? The smaller trucks. That's it. An XLT. Well, Melinda was in that church at that time. Her and Jack were in that church. He told me to give him that, that truck. And I argued with the Lord. I said, no, I'm not doing that. We have two cars, you know, and it was nice. I mean, there wasn't any rust on that truck, and I looked good behind it. <laughs> Except you get any guy with broad shoulders in a truck like that, and you put somebody else in there, you are close. You know, so if there's other people that had a, a big truck, they'd be like, that's a toy. But it was a cool toy so anyway i went to kim and i thought i would get support she's too spiritual went to kim and i said the lord wants me to give brian that truck she without hesitation said give it to him i said what's the matter with you shouldn't you like pray about it or anything she said i feel you're to give it to him i think you need to just go back and be quiet And so for, I didn't give it to him right away. I didn't, because I wasn't going to. Because God was doing a work in me. And so after a a week or two, I was miserable. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. Finally, I went and I, I said, and of course, guess what the kid was praying for? Not my truck, but he wanted a vehicle, and he wanted a, guess what? A truck. So I went to him and said, wasn't spiritual wasn't even pastoral matter of fact it was like i was eating lemons hey how you doing brian Pastor, how are you god wants me to give you my truck what yeah i'm gonna pay you for it i'm like boing this is a good idea now Because I can go buy another thing. I can be obedient and then go get something else. He's like, that truck is in mint shape. I'm like, I know. Now I'm getting happy. His mother, her name is Gloria. So Gloria, if you're watching, Brian, if you're watching, love you. I do, actually. They're great people. And so Gloria said, no, we're going to pay you for it. And the Lord spoke to me right away and said, you are to take no money for this truck. And I said, and they had money. They fanned it like they were in Vegas. (laughs) Here it is. They brought it and fanned it. And I said, I can't take your money. I'm just supposed to give it to you. I said, come by the house. I'll sign the title over. They came by the house, tried to give me money again. And my last words to them, take the truck and go. (laughs) Just go. And they did, and I was like, okay, Lord. Now, think about obedience and think about attitude. I had a bad attitude. But I still obeyed, but because I couldn't see the forest through the trees, I wouldn't allow God to soften my heart because that wasn't my truck. That was God's truck. I was just steward over it. And people would thought, well, he's going to get a new truck right away because, you know, when I sow things, God supplies." I mean, you know, if you put an apple seed in the ground, you're going to get more apples and you're going to get a lot of them on a tree. We sow money. I can name things, but if I sow a watch, I got five watches in two weeks. I sowed a computer. We had three computers. We were, you know, I'm like, hang on. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to get a truck. But again, my attitude was stinky. Or if you're from the South or the Hood, stanky. Is that right? I don't know if that's right or not. Good enough. (laughs) So anyway, a year, we had one car. We packed our kids in, uh, what was that, Ken? That La uh, LeSabre, a maroon LeSabre that ran and ran and ran. the kids were like, Dad, this is not a good car. It's not even cool. But you know what? When I got my attitude right, instead of I was harboring bitterness to God, because I, he told me to give him that truck. Is God's arm wax short? Numbers eleven twenty three says it's not. So when I got my attitude right, next thing I know, somebody gave me another car. Just gave it to me. I was like, well, whew, got over that hump. God said, let's see. <laughs> I need you to give that away. <laughs> okay. So I did, but I didn't even, I, you know, fine. And I remember the guy trying to write me a check. And I said, I can't take your money, but I was much happier about it. Just keep it. And then he gave me something else. And and finally, he gave me something, and and he said, I need you to sell this one. And this is what I want you to do with the money. And, And we did all that. But I'm telling you, in the middle of all that, what you're not hearing is just walking in obedience. And there were fasting involved in some of that because I needed to get my mind right, I needed those benefits. Let me just say this. Your stomach will try to rule you. And, and you know this saying, the way to a man's heart is, every woman knows that. If not, grandma will tell you. You want to catch a man? Just be a good cook. <laughs> but let's get real. In the garden, it came down to the fruit they ate. Think about that. That's how they got out of the garden, their stomach. They ate themselves literally out of house and home. Sometimes we do things just for the moment. I just got to have that for the moment. And there's consequences for that. Sodom and Gomorrah. You read that account. It wasn't just homosexuality that got all blown up. It was also gluttony was there as well. Esau and Jacob. Bowl of soup. Because we do things just to make our flesh shut up. Numbers says that God gave them to their stomachs. and the mixed multitude, it's 11, 4, and 7, were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers and melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except this manna. Do you realize they're now acting like it was so good back when they were slaves? That is like total moronic. But they're, they're letting their stomach rule. We, You know, some promises you're still waiting on. Possibly might be because you've just, maybe God is saying, I want to clarify this. And he wants to do it through maybe just a, maybe a meal of fasting. A day. I don't know. But I believe there's promises he wants to fulfill in this church and surrounding areas and everyone that comes to this church, this city. But we have to tell our stomachs who's in charge. If we can't listen to God because we're too busy listening to everything else, we have to get ourself out of the way. Lord, let me just hear you. You know, it's amazing. He's put me on fast before. <clears throat> And I I originally started out and it was going to be a 10 day fast, and after seven days, he released me. Now, there's a couple things that happened with that. Number one, yay, because I don't want to have to fast 10 days if I can get done at seven. That was, you ever, oh, never mind. You might not have ever fasted seven or 10 days, but seven is better than 10, if he tells you. Okay, so, you know, and there's really never a convenient time to fast, is there? Somebody's always got a birthday party. There's always an event to go to. Uh, my uncle Tom, where's he at? I, I saw him somewhere. Yeah. Him and his wife decided they were going to fast one day, and he, I, he could tell the story better, but I'll just speed this up because I know I'm rambling a little bit. Not, not really rambling, but stuff you need to hear. But they said, okay, we're going on a fast. They picked a day, didn't realize it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> they came to my sister's house that day. I remember, and we're all getting ready to feast Tom and Sandy are like, we, we can't eat. My grandma was like, what? God would not have you fast on Thanksgiving. But they stuck to their guns. They stayed there and, and you know, enjoyed themselves somewhat, I think. And he said, we got to eat the next day. But, but still, they kept that because they, they weren't thinking of that. But they wanted, to, they wanted to honor what they committed to the Lord. And I, To this day, I, I, I remember that. I appreciate that. But why do we fast as a church, especially at the first of the year? Because I believe that it sets the tone for the rest of the year, just like it blesses, uh, you know, marks you for blessing. It marks the church tr- because you fast, you sought God first. We set the course for the rest of the year. Secondly, blessings will happen for my family and your family throughout the year because we fasted. Now I believe He wants us to have seven days. We we release that principle Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. I don't have to beg God for things. They just happen because I'm his kid and I put him first. When I walk in, I mean, we have just, I just bought a lot of things for the new place we have. Because I need them out in the woods. It's not like I'm trying to be extravagant. I bought used things. He gave me great prices. I didn't have to beg for favor. Come on. I walk in favor. I got a quad. I feel like Tim Allen. I mean, it's a beast. It's got a plow on it. I, I mean, I got a wagon, I got a log splitter. I got because I live on wooded land now. I'm excited about that. But God provided. I didn't have to ask for a favor. I went in there knowing I already have it. And God did it. Let me tell you three types of fast. If you give me about 10 more minutes, we'll be done with this and we'll we'll, we'll get you gone here. There's an absolute fast, a normal fast, and a partial fast. The absolute fast, if we're being really serious. That's uh, not one I'm recommending, and especially none of this, if you have any medical condition, don't do it without your doctor's supervision. You might say, you trust a doctor. I'm not saying trust a doctor. I'm just saying I don't want a lawsuit. Thank you. <laughs> Absolute fast, you take in nothing, no food, no water. That's extreme. Depending on your health, this fast should be attempted only with your doctor's advice and help. It's extreme, and it's only for short periods of time. The normal fast, this is what I'm suggesting, or something like this, these next two, you go without food of any kind for whatever that time period is, whether it's a meal or whether it's days, a number of days. Maybe it's, I'm going to fast breakfast every day for that seven days. Um, Let me tell you what you don't do. Hey, I'm fasting, and I'm going to start at eight o'clock at night, and I'm not eating anything till nine in the morning. That's not a fast. That's called just sleeping. Okay, so... I mean, I could do that too. We all could do that. You know, I get that. I mean, that might be intermittent fasting, and I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is if you are doing, yeah, and that point said, okay. But on a normal fast, you go without food, depending on whatever the Lord's telling you. You might only fast one day of that seven days. Maybe you only fast one meal of that seven days. Maybe you'll fast every lunch or every supper or three of the seven or three days fast and then partial fast after. You ask God. That's the purpose of this. We're seeking him first. God, what do you want to do with my life and True Life Church? Okay? Uh, So you want to drink a lot of water? Now, I have fasted where I've not eaten anything, but I felt like the Lord let me drink. Uh, I didn't have to just drink water. I could drink coffee. I could drink tea. I've had some smoothies, um, you know, and, and I just didn't, I don't go and tell everybody. Remember that scripture we read in the beginning? I don't walk around, I'm fasting. We don't do that. But I can guarantee you, it seemed like every time I would start a fast, somebody would show up at my house with pizza. Hey, I got some pizza for you. Help me, Jesus. Somebody showed up at my house one time, I, went on a, I was going on a fast, and I'm telling you, at the end of the fast, God miraculously healed a lady with cancer, took it completely away. But at the beginning of the fast, somebody showed up with a big bowl of homemade potato soup and cheese balls. Not like with crackers, but those little, like a cheese puff, but they're in the balls, you can buy them in those big pretzel-like things. Oh, those are good with potato soup. And I had to say, can't have it. But the blessing that followed afterwards and I wasn't the only one praying. There are other people praying. But God healed her. Partial fast. That could be any way. It can be interpreted many ways. Uh, and again, not between 11 and 6. <laughs> P.M. to A.M. Not while you're sleeping. But it means giving up certain foods. It could be like a Daniel fast where you just give up meats and sweets. I know I just talked to uh, the Coons and they said they're giving up Sweets. So, you know, if chocolate is a thing for you, sometimes you don't know until, like, you, you can't have it. All of a sudden, people, be, hey, I got an extra Snicker bar. Want it? <laughs> <laughs> I sure do, but I can't eat it. Or, you know, stick it in the freezer. Ask me that again next week or whatever. I don't know. You know, you do however you want to handle it. But we have done Daniel fasts before where we just don't eat meat. And you think that's, that's easy. I will tell you it's easy than not eating food at all. That is, you know, if he calls you to a Daniel fast, rejoice and be glad. Because you still get to, you know, and we just got creative. I mean, my my son, Sam, he said, if I never see stir fry again, it'll be too soon. Because we stir fried everything. We're vegetables. What do we have in stir fry? He'd be like, oh. Okay. Let me say this to you. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it really doesn't mean anything to God. I'm not trying to make you do this for religious reasons. I want you to do it for relationship reasons because I love Jesus. Lord, I just want to get closer to you. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Combine your, your fast with prayer and the word and you'll get results. If you don't do that, you don't pray, you don't read the word during your fast, you're basically just kind of on a stricter diet. So just go into this with your eyes open. I will say this, don't gorge your, try not to gorge yourself. It's better to do it before you fast than after. You know, like if you're like, I'm fasting tomorrow, so I am eating everything I want tonight. I get that, we've done that, I have a t-shirt with that. That is much easier than fasting for 7, 10, 12, 14, 21 days and then saying, I am going to eat a whole large pizza when I'm off this fast. Probably not a good idea. If your body hasn't done any food for days and days, it goes in good. (laughs) There's pain involved at the other part. (laughs) So you just gotta use wisdom. You gotta say, God, help me do what I need to do. But your body is gonna get rid of toxins. In the first few days, you may have a headache. You know, if, if all of a sudden you were a Starbucks fan or coffee and you feel like you can't have coffee, you might get a headache from no caffeine. If you're a Mountain Dew drinker or a Pepsi drinker and now you're not drinking that, you might get a headache because you don't have caffeine. It will go away. It is no fun while you go through it. If you're allowed to drink that, well, then be happy and just, you know, but, but if you're not eating food, again, this is about food. So you have to ask yourself, okay, what do I do? Your tongue may get coated with, a it seems like, white and some stuff. That's just, it's normal. Don't be alarmed. That's just toxins leaving your body. The first few days are the hardest. If I'm going on a fast and I'm not eating any food, I would say my first four days are the toughest. Especially three, but four probably. Because your mind will tell you, food, 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 food. And you will see every food commercial. You will smell every smell. You'll be able to smell things you didn't think you could smell ever. Really, I mean, I'm not. I'm just. All those things will start. You'll you'll be enhanced. All of those things. Okay, so it's kind of like you're you're a Marvel superhero once you start doing this. So you start all these other powers start. Woohoo! But once, after about three or four days, your body tells us, of, Your body is something amazing God made. Your body says, We're not, They're not feeding me. So it goes into starvation mode. So it shuts everything down. Metabolism, everything starts going lower. So it doesn't burn up as much as trying to store and keep you going. And so some of those things, much, much of them are in your mind. Your body kind of quits doing some of that. Your head still does it. Not the pain, but the thinking. You must have food, must have food the force is strong in this one you have to listen to god so you just got to get past that and then after a while you almost have a little more energy it doesn't make sense but you kind of do and you have to be kind of careful if you get up quick because you might be a little bit like that um but still you're able to do it if god's called you to it think about this if he's called you to do it he's never going to tell you to do something that you can't do without him now on your own could be impossible. With him, nothing is impossible. We already talked about that. OK. The devil hates it with you when you fast. Think about this with Jesus, and I'm just about to close here, and I know I'm, that's a preacher cliche, but this is true. I'm right at the end of my notes. Why would the enemy tell Jesus, "If you're the Son of God, turn those stones into bread? He could have said anything. He's saying that because why? Jesus was just fasting 40 days. He's hungry. Bread sounds good. I, do you love fresh bread? Whew. Kim and I, we love bread. I love bread. Smack some garlic on it. Put some cheese on it. Stick it with something else. Bread is good. So the devil's trying to get him there. And Jesus, he refuses that. And then he goes at other things. But Jesus's miracles, you need to see this. They didn't start till after he completed everything. The Bible does the spirit of God put him in the wilderness drove him out there because he's he's getting ready and he didn't do anything his first miracle was the turning the water into wine this is all after he came back from fasting i want you to do your part i challenge you this morning to fast something all seven days if you can i'm not talking about media now i'm is that fasting not the kind of fasting we're talking about. It is fasting, but it's not a biblical fast. That's just something that you feel you're separating yourself from. And I get that. I'm talking about food. Something this seven days, a week from Monday, whatever God is telling you, Daniel fast, something, breakfast, lunch, dinner, all seven, whatever the Lord's telling you. 16th through the 22nd it's going to end on january 23rd i want to be here for that sunday don't you because we're all going to be pretty glad number one we get to eat that day number two because god is amazing you're going to start seeing things starting to line up in your life and you're going to believe that you know they will and you're going to believe you have them before you really see them in your physical eyes Here's some things I want you to pray for. Pray for our church to grow. I'm believing for 110 to 120 people or so on a regular basis in here. We'll have the other chairs up next week. And, And when that happens, we are going back to two services. And when that fills up, we're going to three services. We're going to believe, God, that the gifts are going to flow in here. People are going to get healed. People are going to get saved. People are going to get delivered. It's going to happen. Pray for explosive growth. Pray for more finances to come in so that all of these things can be funded. We have phases. We're going to redo Kids Town. We're going to do all kinds of things. Redo the front entrance. We're going to do so many things that we have plans for. And in the next couple months, we're going to get that vision board up with the TV screen to show you the pictures of where we've been and where we're going. That's our goal. Pray for his presence in every service. Here's some facts. Fasting will break poverty in your life. Fasting will give you health and healing. Fasting helps overcome sexual addictions, demonic powers. It targets your children for God. It brings in the lost. You become like a magnet. brings the blessing of God, prepares for you what you need in the future, shows you His will for your life, sets you apart so you can seek the Lord. Fasting is a hunger strike against hell. Would you stand your feet and close your eyes, please?